Praise God. Turn around and shake hands with a few folks if you would tonight and welcome each other. Praise God. We want to welcome all of our first-time guests, those that uh, have never attended Heart of the Bay before. If you're here for the very first time, we want to welcome you and uh, we thank God for you. So if you're here tonight for the first time, we have something we'd like to get into your hands. If you'd raise your hand and, and let's acknowledge all of our guests, all of our visitors. We have a friend back there, a friend over there. God bless you. Good to have you here tonight. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Praise God. Thank you guys. Great job tonight leading worship. Isn't that awesome to have a, a team so developed that they can just come in and lead us right into the throne room of grace. Amen. Well, you know, we have been doing an emphasis on the Holy Spirit. And uh, in the month of July, starting July 1st, we're going to be going into an emphasis on divine healing. And just like we prepared the people's heart to receive the word of God concerning the infilling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're going to be doing similar things in the month of July. I've instructed everyone who's going to be teaching that month to teach on the subject of healing. Keith Hershey's going to be in town. Ricky Edwards, Brenda's brother, is going to be in town. Now, he's an evangelist, and uh, he has a lot of miracles operating through his life and through his ministry. Now, one thing we want to make sure that we do, that we're prepared. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Sometimes, you know, we think we have a real good handle on certain subjects in the Word of God. But one thing I've discovered that the Word of God is continually bringing forth fresh revelation. Amen? And, you know, we can't live on stale manna. And so that whole month long, we're believing God for supernatural intervention into people's bodies, into people's lives, and for people to be healed by God's power. But also, it will be a refreshing time of instruction, and it'll be a time for every believer uh, to become more familiar with the Word of God concerning healing. Now, oftentimes, the Word of God, for some people, it's first planted, and then it's got to be watered, right? And so during the month of July, there'll be some planting taking place, people that have never heard anything along those lines. But then there's going to be some water happening, water in the seed. But I wonder, who is, who is it that gives the increase? It's God that gives the increase. And so everyone say increase. Say with me, we're believing God for increase in every area of our church. Hallelujah. Praise God. And on Pentecost Sunday, we prayed for over 70 people to either be filled with the Spirit or to receive a refreshing from the Lord. And I want to encourage you to continue to exercise your spiritual language. Exercise your spiritual language. Because here's what happens when you exercise in the natural realm. Okay? When you exercise in the natural realm, you become more aware of certain muscles. Now, I talked to my youngest son, James, today, who's down in Branson, Missouri, and he uh, uh, works with the Moors in the youth ministry, praise God. You know, voluntary, but he's doing a good work down there. It's awesome. And he said that he, uh, he ran for the first time on a treadmill yesterday in a while. And, uh, and so I said, well, how did it feel? He said, well, I'm sore today. Okay, so running then... Uh, sometimes if you haven't been using certain muscles, you're well aware of your muscles the next day. Anybody ever experienced that before? Okay. 
Well, so it is likewise in the realm of the spirit. When you exercise your spirit, man, when you uh, take time to go into the spiritual gymnasium, if you will, and exercise your spirit, here's what happens. You'll become more aware of your spirit. You'll become more aware of your heart, your spirit, man. Now, aren't you glad you don't experience aches and pains in your spirit? Amen. Amen. Like you do in your natural body. But when you exercise in the realm of the spirit by praying in the spirit and by doing what we did tonight, by worshiping in the spirit and by lifting up holy hands in the spirit. And this must come from your heart. All spiritual exercise has got to come from down here. See, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him where? In spirit spirit and in truth or out of their spirit and in truth. Okay. And so uh, praise, you know, it can be up here or it can come out of here. Which do you think is acceptable to God? That which comes out of your heart. But did you know that not only is praying in the spirit and praise and worship and giving thanks to God is an exercise in your spirit, but also making faith confessions is an exercise in your spirit. And so, you know, the Bible says that with the heart man believeth, amen, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So there is the connection then between the heart and the mouth. For our words to carry great power, they've got to come out of our heart. I mean, you can say a lot of things like a parrot out of your head and there's no creative power there. But if you will meditate in the word of God and let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom. And then out of the abundance of the heart, what's going to happen? The mouth is going to speak. And when you get your speaker, glory to God, hooked up with your believer and those words come out of your heart. Oh, it's tremendous power is released. And so all of those are our spiritual exercises. And I believe that we should be exercising spiritually every day in some way, in some manner or in some form. You know, we don't have to get ritualistic and fall into a rut spiritually and say, well, you know, we've got to go through our 500 confessions. We need to pray in the spirit at least two hours a day. That's legalism and that's bondage. There's nothing wrong with having a list, but God is more interested in a relationship. He's more interested in fellowship. But the point I'm making is this, is every one of us should be exercising our spirits daily. Now, here's what will happen when you exercise your spirit daily. You'll become more aware of your spirit man. And you will also become more aware of who lives in your spirit. And who it is that lives in your spirit? It's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is within you at the time of the new birth. And so then we are not to ignore Him. We are not to smother Him. But as we exercise ourselves unto God in us in the realm of the Spirit, we'll become keen, we'll become bright, we'll become quick. We won't be part of the dullard family. We will not qualify to be on that advertisement with the slow skis. Amen? Say it with me. I'm quick. I'm I'm bright. bright. 
I'm sharp. I'm good looking. I'm very rich. And I am a major. I'm a major blessing. Isn't that awesome? Glory to God. Notice with me in Ephesians now, the fifth chapter, the 18th verse. We're just going to water the seed. Pastor Tom did a great job teaching along the lines of maintaining the spirit-filled life. If you weren't here Sunday night and you missed Sunday night service, get Pastor Brenda's message on the Holy Ghost and fire. It was absolutely awesome. We had an awesome time. But notice with me in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, it says, And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. If we could have the King James Version, I know I'm a little legalistic about it, but I prefer the King James Version, so not the New King James Version. And be not drunk with wine, where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Everyone say, be filled. filled. Well, somebody says, I am filled, but are you you being filled? Are you continuously being filled with the Spirit? Or are you relying on an experience that you had on Pentecost Sunday? Are you continually living in the Spirit, continuously drinking in of the Spirit, and expressing, praise God, what has happened to you, but you be being filled, is what the Greek says. Amen? Amen? Now, here are some ways that we can be filled or stay filled with the Spirit. Look at verse 19. And these are also spiritual exercises. Speaking. Everyone say speaking. So speaking then is a form of exercise. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. We could say it this way. Making melody in your heart and from your heart to the Lord. And you do not have to be a soloist or to sing publicly to do this. Amen. Not everyone is called to be a soloist. Thank God. Some of us don't get up and try to sing a solo. It would be disastrous if I got up Sunday morning and tried to do that. And so every one of us can sing. We can make a joyful noise unto the Lord. We can make melody in the heart in our hearts to the Lord. Get up singing. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Now notice with me in verse 20. And CIA is dismissed. CIA. Go guys. Let's give CIA a big hand. All right. All right. Here, here's another way that you can exercise your spirit and stay filled with the spirit. Giving thanks when everything's going good. Giving thanks when the boss gave you a raise. No giving thanks always. Amen. For all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is something irresistible about a believer that is full of praise and full of thanksgiving. I mean, you just want to be around a person that has been in the atmosphere of heaven. Because what they do is they carry that atmosphere with them. Did you know that you have the ability to carry your own weather? If it's gloomy outside, it doesn't have to be gloomy inside. 
And if you'll stay stirred up in the realm of the Spirit and full of the Spirit, it might be gloomy outside, but it's bright on the inside of you. And everywhere you go, you shine with the glory of God. And people are attracted to that. People are attracted to Spirit-filled believers. Amen. Full of the new wine. Amen. Daily. The Bible said, blessed be the Lord God who daily loads us with benefits. We ought to be loaded every day. Now, some of you practice that real well out in the world. But now we're not in the world. I mean, we're not of the world. We're in the world. Now we're in the kingdom. Now we can practice being loaded daily on the new wine. Isn't that awesome? Giving thanks. Now notice that with me again, verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things. Unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now stop right there and I'm going to quote to you another verse that is coupled with this verse. It's found in Thessalonians. Paul spoke to the church of Thessalonica and he said, In everything, give thanks. And then he went on to say, For this is absolutely the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now I want you to understand this. We are not to give thanks for things that the enemy brings to us. But even in the midst of all hell breaking loose, in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the test, we can give thanks God right in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death. Why? Because we know it won't be long before we get out of there and we get through it. Amen? We're giving thanks to God. Let's just start thanking. Let's exercise right now. Can anyone say thank you, Lord, tonight? Thank you, Lord. This is a thanking bunch. This is a praising bunch. This is a word speaking bunch. This is a tongue talking bunch. Woo, glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I will drink to that. All right, let's go on then. Verse 21 of Ephesians chapter 5. And then submitting. Did you know that when you're spirit-filled, you won't be such a poop? (laughs) Or a rascal, maybe a better word. Or such a nincompoop, so difficult to get along with. Spirit-filled people ought to be sweet. Spirit-filled people ought to be nice. They ought to be arguing out in the foyer. They ought to be tearing each other down. They are not to be so concerned about the color of carpet and the color of pastor's shirt. What is up with that? No, submitting to one another. Submitting to one another. You see, when you're spirit-filled, you, always, you will not always have to have your way. Amen? When you're spirit-filled, though you may uh, disagree with someone, you don't have to get into the disagreeable zone. There is such a thing, and you've heard it before, and I'll say it again. You can learn to disagree without being disagreeable. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Amen. Look with me in Acts chapter 6, and let's look at verse 1. Man, this is not any way that I intended to go tonight. Acts, the sixth chapter. And notice with me. 
The Bible said in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring. Everyone say a murmuring. murmuring. You know, a murmuring back then is the same as a murmuring today. Murmuring ain't good. Okay? So he says, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Let's follow this right on through. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. In other words, they knew what their number one thing was that God called them to do. Now notice with me in verse 3. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of what? Full of the Holy Ghost. In other words, we don't know what, we do not want to appoint people that aren't full of the Holy Ghost. This requires men, amen, of honest report, full of the Spirit, and wisdom. See, the fuller you are of the Spirit of God, the wiser you'll get. Amen. Whom we may appoint over this business. Now that tells you that in local churches, there is a business side to things. Okay, now notice with me in verse 4. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Okay, now notice with me in verse 5. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. I want you to stop right there. Can you imagine? The whole church was pleased. This must have been a spirit-filled bunch. They weren't fighting. The murmuring stopped. They were pleased because they were full of the Holy Ghost and the wisdom of God was prevalent. Hallelujah. And so they chose Stephen, a man of full of faith and of the Holy Ghost and so forth. So they took care of that business. So giving thanks and submitting to one another in the fear of God are absolute necessities to the Spirit-filled the Spirit-controlled, and the Spirit-led life. I listened to something a little earlier today. I want to read it to you. How many of you know that God can give you a song in the night? Or God can give you a psalm in the night? Amen? And uh, you don't have to be a prophet to psalm. Uh, You can just open the book of Psalms, and you can be psalming. Right? And uh, when you sing a song or sing a psalm to yourself, it doesn't have to rhyme. It doesn't have to be perfect. Amen. Amen. But I heard something that a good friend of mine got in his spirit in the middle of of the night one night. And I want to read it to you. I think I might read it Sunday morning as well. The Spirit of God was speaking to him. And now we're going to transition a little bit in the service and talk about this spirit-led life. And the Spirit of the Lord said to him, he said, my people are not hungry enough. My people are not hungry enough. Um, they're satisfied with less and little. And then the Spirit spoke to him and said, their lips are filled with other things besides me. And then, you know, he went down through a list of things that, you know, uh, equate to being hungry. But here's the psalm that came out of his heart in the middle of the night. If you're hungry for me, you will turn off the TV. If you're hungry for me, in the word you will be. If you're hungry for me, in prayer you will press. When you're hungry for me, other people you will bless. If you hunger and thirst and draw close to me, 
You'll surely be filled in my glory, you will see. Isn't that an awesome word? That's an awesome word. And so I think that oftentimes there are things that distract us and sort of quench that hunger for God. I believe this, that if we would stay hungry for God and stay filled with God, we would never have to miss it. What do you mean by miss it? Well, miss it, miss the mark, sin. But I also mean we would not have to miss the leadings of the Lord. We would not... What is it? There's something on there. CIA, now my glasses are funky. Well, I want to help you. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, good. I had a string on my glass. That was what that was all about. But if we're spirit-led, full of the Holy Ghost, you don't have to miss it. You don't have to make wrong investments. You don't have to marry the wrong person. But you can be led by the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 8. Let's look over there, verse 14. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Familiar ground for some of you. For some of you, it's planting. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And verse 16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And then in Proverbs 20 and verse 27, it says, The Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord and searching all the inward parts of the belly. One man put it like this, Children of God can expect to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen? Now, many times though, here's what happens. We seek guidance. We look to other means to be led or guided other than the way that God intended for us to do. You see, sometimes we judge God's leading by what our physical senses tell us. Other times, it's easy to kind of get emotional and be led by our emotions, right? I mean, let's be honest about it. We've all at one time or another been led by our emotions. But your emotions are not trustworthy. God is trustworthy. Your emotions change frequently. Have you discovered that? And notice with me also in Romans 8, 14, it says, It does not say for as many as are led by money. They are the sons of God. See, a raise on the job does not equate a leading. Amen? Cheaper rent in another city does not necessarily equate a leading. See, you can't be moved by, you know, the circumstances and by outward things like fleeces. you got to move and be led by the Spirit of God. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Say it with me. I'm always... In the right place, at the right time. Now, this book of Acts is an awesome book. Have you read it lately? I mean, it's an awesome book. And we've done quite a bit of work teaching already, but you will notice that there are phrases in the book of Acts, phrases like this, the Holy Ghost said, or it seemed good to me and to the Holy Ghost. The Spirit said... The Spirit forbade me. The Spirit's leading was real to the early church. 
I believe we're coming to a time and to a day that there'll be a remnant in the body of Christ in this hour that'll be as keenly aware of the presence of God and the Spirit's leading that they were in the book of Acts. I believe they're already in the land. How about you? Are you going to be one of them? Look at Acts chapter 27 and notice with me in verse 9 and 10. This, of course, is where Paul, you know, uh, was heading over to Rome. And uh, he tried to warn them not to take this trip. He knew in his heart that it was going to be trouble. And in verse 9, I want you to read with me. Go ahead, read. It said, Now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them. Okay, so here's an admonishment. Notice with me in verse 10. Read it with me. And said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Now notice what he said. Keep that up there. He simply said, I perceive. In other words, this perception, this inward knowing in his spirit was that inward witness. He just knew in his heart that it wasn't right. Paul didn't say, you know, I have some sort of a bad vibe here. I have some sort of a, you know, I'm not picking up good vibrations. You know, the spirit of God's leading is not a psychic experience. I don't much care for that vibration business. I'll just be honest with you. Paul did not perceive this physically. He perceived it in his spirit. You do not pick up things mentally. You pick things up in your spirit, in your knower. Now, how many of you know that feelings are the voice of the body? Reason is the voice of the mind. And in Romans 8, 16, once again, he says, The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit. We cannot go by a physical feeling or by an intellectual reasoning when it comes to following God for our daily lives. You go by that inward intuition, that inward knowing. Conscience is the voice of your spirit. And that's why it is so important to keep your conscience clear. Amen? What is your conscience? Your conscience is that inward man on the inside of you. Your inward man can be, if you allow it to be, it can get cluttered. And when this Conscience, this inward man gets cluttered. It's hard to differentiate between the leading of the Spirit and just your own natural thinking. It's like what Brother Moore said if you want to hear, you got to be clear. Clear where? Clear in your heart. Clear in your spirit. That is why. On a regular basis, I check up on the inside. And I do a spiritual inventory of my life. If there are areas in my life that I have overridden my spirit, and what do you mean by overriding your spirit? 
I mean knowing to do something and not doing it. See, the Bible says, him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. What is it? To him, it is sin. And sin is violation of light. And violation of light will make you dull. And cause you to get duller and duller and duller. So therefore, it's so vital to keep a clear conscience. If you know that there's something up down here that's not right, it's up to you to make it right. And this gets into a lot of different areas of life. And I am not the Holy Ghost, and I'm not here to monitor anyone's life. I have a big enough job monitoring my own with God's help. Amen? But every one of us know when something's just not right here. Amen? It might be an attitude displayed toward a brother or a sister. It might be an attitude displayed toward someone we didn't even know. It's your responsibility to keep your conscience clear so that you can follow his leading and hear clearly what he's saying to you in your spirit. Amen. Amen. Say with me, conscience is the voice of my spirit. Now, there's one thing about the conscience that I think that we need to talk about tonight. And that is this, is that if you override your spirit long enough, your conscience can become seared. Your conscience can become scarred. Okay. Paul, you know, instructed the church or he was speaking to Timothy and he said, Now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter days some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And then he goes on to say, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Okay. Now, how many of you drink coffee? Brenda raises hands. She drinks coffee. And I'm telling you, there are mornings she makes it almost too strong for me. Definitely too strong for her. But, you know, coffee is something where, you know, if you drink it long enough... And you drink it fast. You ever seen a person just eat some real hot food and you look and you say, how in the world can you do that? How can you eat something that hot that fast? They've done it by training. And sometimes what happens is their innards get scarred. Okay? And spiritually speaking, if a person does something long enough and doesn't repent, it may bother a person for a period of time. But if they let it go unchecked and they do it again, and then all of a sudden, you know, everything seems to be going good. You know what I'm saying? The south wind was blowing softly. All the circumstances, I mean, it's all good. We just got a raise. The body's doing good. The cat's meowing. You know, everybody's, you know, it's all good. So therefore, you know, I'm good. You know, I'm good. But God is good. And oftentimes he gives space for repentance. Are you listening to me? Because not everyone is at the same level spiritually. See, you may have light in a certain area that another person doesn't have light in. To you, it's sin. To them, it's not because they're not aware of it. You listening to me? Well, so... If a person then does not do 
their due diligence in getting rid of that after the dealings of God, what happens is their inside gets hardened. And it becomes scarred. And it's extremely difficult to be led by God in decisions of life when you've overridden your conscience. Amen? So I'm saying to you tonight, keep your heart clear. Keep your heart clear. Keep your heart clear. How many of you got closets at home? Oh, how many of you guys got tools in the garage? Well, if you don't keep those tools in the right place, you'll go out in the garage needing a certain tool, and you say, I know it's here, but I just can't seem to put my finger on it. I can't find it. There's too much clutter. And that's what happens in the closet of our spirit. Okay? I, I, I know that, you know, I just know that God's, Wanting to do something here. I just know the Lord wants to lead me some way. But I just can't seem to put my finger on it. Amen? But oh, thank God. Just as easy as your closet at home got cluttered. And your spirit man got cluttered. You can clean it up. I said you can clean it up. And where once you were dull, you can become sharp again. You know what it is? It is just a minor adjustment on your part. It's turning away from those things and turning wholeheartedly toward God. So Paul had a perception. Everyone say, I perceive. He didn't have a vibration. He didn't have a psychic experience. He perceived. Amen? He didn't do what a lot of Christians do up one day, down the next. He didn't perceive this mentally. He perceived it by an inward witness. And I'm here to tell you tonight that the Holy Spirit's leading belongs to you and it belongs to me. And he wants to communicate with you. Listen to this quote by Brother Hagen. It's out of his book. And I highly recommend you to read the book, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. How many of you have ever read that book before? How to Be Led. Okay. All right. How many of you have not? You have not read How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. We want to get several copies of those. And we're not going to sow them into your lives. You believe God to buy one. Amen? You believe God to buy one. And if you have Kindle or if you have that, that capacity to go on Amazon or whatever, you can go and just Google Brother Hagen, his books, and you can download How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. It is a classic on how to be led. I mean, it is absolutely awesome. He did that series way back in the 70s. Way back in the 70s. That's when Brenda and I first met and got married. And we both worked, you know, at Rhema. Brenda worked with the prisoners. She mailed the prisoners. I mailed them. And she, you know, she she did that. My job, if you can believe this, my job was to check in, punch in every morning, and go to a room and edit Brother Hagen's tapes. I had an editing suite. I didn't have anyone looking over my shoulder. My job was to edit series like The Name of Jesus, series like 10 Necessary Steps to Follow When Faith Seems Weak and Victory Seems Lost, and the series on how to be led by the Spirit of God. 
Now, in those days, Dad Hagen, no, he would speak sometimes 90 minutes to 100, 120 minutes, you know. He was more like Kenneth Copeland is now. Brother Copeland will speak a long time, but he's got a lot to say. Amen. And so they would give me the job then. Now, we want to turn this teaching of, of it's 105 minutes, but we want to break it down to 90 so it's up to you then to determine what's going to be cut out. So I, work, I worked with the Word of God all day. Don't you know God had a plan? Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, he <laughs> That's how I got the Word in me. Yeah. All day long, eight hours a day, supercharged. Lord, amen. And under the leading prophet of the land and got paid to do it. It was awesome. But you know what? I still listen to those teachings. I still do. You know why? Because faith doesn't come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Here's a, here's a key that will help you. If you've listened to something that really feeds your spirit, listen to it again. You know, we all have favorite series, right? We all have favorite teachings. But if there is a a teaching or a series that has helped you immeasurably grow, file that and make sure that you listen to it at least once a year. Because there's a purpose in it. Amen? Amen. And so, all day long I'd, I'd sit there in the Word, and he said something here in his book on how to be led by the Spirit. I want to quote it to you. He said, any person who shuts his spirit away and never listens to it. Because, he said, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Any person who shuts his spirit away and never listens to it becomes crippled in life and becomes an easy prey to selfish and designing people. You could, you could say becomes an easy mark. An easy mark. And we've been in this business for 35 years. And we've seen spiritual cons. And I'll tell you the truth about it. Unless you're keen spiritually, you won't always pick up on it. We got duped here about two months ago. You know, and we won't go into it. It's nothing we have to go into. But we got duped by somebody. Some of our people got duped. But along with them getting duped, I got duped. And you know something? When you get duped, it costs you money. Always. Amen? Amen. And so, it's important then that as Christians, we need to realize and we need to understand not everyone that we come into contact that comes in the name of the Lord is motivated by the right spirit. Are you listening to me? Sometimes people are motivated by evil spirits. And sometimes they're not even Christians at all. Amen? And so it's, it, it becomes vital and very important to not shut your spirit away. But to, to stay supercharged. And you don't want to go through life walking on eggshells and, you know, wondering, you know, is that person, whatever the case may be. But on the inside of you, you'll know in your heart. Amen? Listen to this statement. It says here, again, any person who shuts his spirit away 
and never listens to it, becomes crippled in life and becomes an easy prey to selfish and designing people. Now, for any time that I've ever gotten conned, there's about 50 times that I haven't. And so I'm not beating myself up and I'm not kicking the people in the church that got conned. I mean, none of us have arrived. But the lesson learned is it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter how many books of the Bible you have read. You've got to stay full of the Spirit so that you can discern between good and evil. And the Holy Spirit will help you to have a discerning spirit. Amen? Say it with me. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I am a son of God. I am a child of God. And I'm led by the Spirit of God. So follow the perceptions you have in your heart. Follow the inward man. Follow your heart. Don't follow your understanding. I've seen people over the years marry the wrong person all because the person answered an altar call and said, I'll make sure that everything gets right that's not right. And years later, it's still not right. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. Family of seven, and I'll close with this, had gone out to eat and the family had not been at the restaurant very long when the father suddenly said, let's go home. And the, the question was asked, why? He says, I don't know. He says, I just have an urge. I just have a perception that we should go home. So they rushed home and lo and behold, they had found that a fire had started. And if they had waited... Everything would have been burned, but the inward witness warned them in time. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Okay, now, listen to this. If their home had burned down, someone might have come along and said, well, God did that. He had some deep purpose in that. No, I think things happen because we haven't listened on the inside. We've not been as spirit conscious as we should be. And you know, the busyness of life will do that to you. It will do it to you. The enemy will see to it that you have an opportunity. But oh, thank God for the Spirit of God on the inside. Look quickly over to 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It will help all of us to, to think of ourselves this way. Say it with me. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a physical body. My body is not the real me. The real me is a spirit man. Created in the image and in the likeness of Almighty God. I am a spirit. I am a speaking spirit. I have a soul. And I live in this body. And in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, notice this with me. He says, and the very God of peace sanctify me holy. 
And I pray, God, that my whole spirit and soul and body would be preserved blameless until the Lord comes. Amen? Now let's look at that in the Amplified. Let's all stand up to our feet. Let's pray that together. Notice with me, it's spirit, soul, and body, not body, soul, and spirit. It's spirit, soul, and body. Amen? God put that in the Bible that way because He wants to have spiritual things first. More spirit conscious than we are body conscious. Pray this out of your heart with me. Heavenly Father, You are the Father of peace. I pray that You will sanctify me through and through. Separate me from profane things so that my conscience may be clear and stay clear so that I can hear whatever he says to me I'll do make me pure and wholly consecrated to you my father and I pray this night that my whole spirit my soul and my body may be preserved sound and complete and found blameless at the coming of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Did you know that that's a spirit-inspired prayer? And just like you can pray Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 for believers, you can not only pray this for yourself, but I find myself praying this for people regularly. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my friends. I pray for my partners. I pray for my ministry friends and ministry families. I pray that you would keep us wholly consecrated to you. And Lord, there is more to do here on this side. So preserve us and keep us strong. Spirit, soul, and body. So that when you return, we may all hear well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Raise your hands toward the Lord and say, Thank you, Lord, for the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. I purpose in my heart from this day forward to be spirit-led. Thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name. Can we just all thank God for that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Say it with me. Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. And I just have in my spirit, you know what? If you missed it, don't get condemned over it. Amen? Don't be condemned over it. Just make the adjustment and follow God. Oh, glory to God. Well, I've made some wrong investments and I've, I've made some wrong choices. Welcome to the club. Every one of us have fallen short. But what good is it going to do just laying on the ground and just feeling sorry for ourselves? Ah, the Word of God is saying it's a new day, it's a new hour, it's time for my church to arise in glory and power and to do the works that I've called them to do. Amen? Every one of us have been equipped. Amen? So like Brenda said Sunday night, lay aside that stuff. Lay it aside. Hallelujah! 
Let's make some confessions. Greater Greater is he he that lives in me me than he that's in the world. The The greater one lives in me. The The spirit of truth does abide in me. Oh, the spirit of grace, the spirit of freedom, and the spirit of liberty lives in me. Thank you, Father, for it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we will not smother you. We will not quench you. But we will commune with you. And we will check up regularly. Amen. That's your prayer tonight.